This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. folks, 823 here on this Friday evening. It's JJ John Stremski right here on The Fan. And this guy is a regular. What can I say? He's not sick of me yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks he will be. But he ain't sick of me yet as we run through the Week 6 NFL card. My main man from the morning after, the great Jared Smith over at Sports Grid joins us. Smitty, what's happening, brother? JJ, I will never get sick of you, bro. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to play a lot harder than that to get me off this show, man. You're 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 gonna really have to uh, you know grind the gears a little bit. That a boy. Listen, I'll see <laughs> see what I can do over these next couple of weeks. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's get to it, Jared. You know, last couple of weeks, you and I have been belly aching in the high heavens mm. about the contrarian plays not coming through in the NFL. Well, at least we saw a couple, Jared, Monday night with the Chargers. Sunday night with the Vikings. Uh, it, it was just so nice to see because it kind of like gives us, you know, some sense of validation that we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, the the sharp contrarian money, the reverse line moves, as they say, have been, I don't want to say unsuccessful, but definitely not profitable. I, I think the reason is, is, is the quarterback play is so good around the league that, that it's really easy just to pick the best quarterback every week and bet on them. And that tends to be the public side. That tends to be where the action seems to flow. In fact, I saw this stat today that just really floored me. So, so through the first five weeks, the entire NFL, all the quarterbacks combined, have an average completion percentage of just over 66%. There's only a couple quarterbacks in NFL history that have a career completion percentage that high. So that just shows you that quarterback play is really becoming – kind of the, the, the main theme of the season. That's why we're seeing so many overs. That's why we're continuing to see a lot of teams, some of these Chiefs, Packers, Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, continue to cover these numbers at a very high rate. I do think the books will catch up. There's a reason why these casinos are so bright and shiny. The, the books will catch up. We're already seeing it with the totals, JJ. Weeks one through three, overs hitting at 60%. Weeks four and five, overs hitting at 44%. So the numbers on the totals are starting to catch up, and I think you're going to see the same thing with some of these reverse contrarian sharp sides as the books really start to settle into this season. Do you think it can be a play, Jared, over these next few weeks to take advantage of just riding the hot quarterback or the better quarterback? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's still situational. I, I mean, I always use the trends. I always consider the trends just another tool in the arsenal. You know, I, I consider it all. You know, I think it's like a giant stew, and you put the ingredients in every week, and some ingredients on certain weeks are going to taste a little different than others. So, you know, you get a really hot quarterback that comes in. Maybe his numbers in the first few weeks aren't that great, but he's coming in really hot. Or you get a team that's really hot against the number, but maybe they've only covered by a couple of points over the last few weeks. The number's starting to catch up with them. So I think the trends and, and especially the ATS numbers, you, you want to know where the line's moving. You want to know if a team is covering the number consistently. But then you also want to break down the matchups and the injuries and, and how the game actually is going to be decided. So I think it's a tool to use in your arsenal, but I wouldn't use it as an end-all, be-all. All right, Chad, let's get to this quarter games. Let's start with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I can't wait for this game. To me, it's the matchup of the week. This line opened at five and a half. Everybody was all over the Browns. Now mm. I'm seeing late money coming in on the Steelers. Here's my you know, handicap on this game. I would have a whole lot of concern about Baker Mayfield beat up against that Steeler defensive line. And from what I've seen from the Steelers all year, they've looked great. I mean, they've looked great defensively with the pass rush. Uh, Roethlisberger is, I think, all the way back to where he was a couple of years ago. Great sign for them. Seeing that line now with three and a half, fair number, good number. What should take on Cleveland and Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think it is a fair number. I think it kind of settled right where it'll be. I think it'll close right around three, three and a half this weekend. It's been a while since Cleveland's won in Pittsburgh. Tim Couch and Tommy Maddox were the quarterbacks. 2003. It has been a long time since it's 16 straight games that they've lost in Pittsburgh. So I, but you know, that obviously doesn't matter for this particular game. I think the matchup in this particular game is all going to be, can Cleveland run the ball top five rushing offense against the top five rushing defense, one of the best rushing defenses in football for the Steelers. That is going to be the key in this game. I do think Baker is probably not going to play as well as he played last week. And that's kind of surprising because I think Baker has put together some inconsistent performances. So maybe not as surprising, but I'll be honest, Pittsburgh's offense, their passing offense, really scares me. They could wreck this game completely. The Browns do a really bad job, 30th in the league against the pass, and you just had the breakout performance for Chase Claypool. Now, no Deontay Johnson this week, so a little thinner at wide receiver for the Steelers, but, I still, but they still have Big Ben, and, and he's the trigger man. And, and, you know, you get Claypool breaking out, and this is just a really leaky Brown secondary. I'm not crazy about a divisional game laying over a field goal, but if I had to pick it, I would definitely take the Steelers. Smitty, let's hit on these local games. Let's start first with Washington and the Giants. Now, the Giants, like the Jets, have given you effort week in and week out. They've played hard in three of these five games. They could have won a couple of these games, but could have, should have, would have. Are you surprised that in some places this line has fallen below the key number of three? You know the deal, Jared. Three and seven and ten. They're such valuable numbers in the NFL and you're basically seeing split action on this game. Are you surprised this line was under three? A little bit. We definitely saw uh, a little bit of a spark from, from the Giants over the last couple of weeks. You know, both of those games were one-score games. They definitely could have won the game last week. So I, I am a little surprised that the number's been on the other side of three. This series has been very intriguing. Last year, this was that crazy. The last game of the, uh, the, the last win for the Giants was that 41-35 overtime win uh, over Washington. And that was a crazy game. Uh, so this series, it was Daniel Jones' first divisional win. So, I mean, you know, it's been a tough, it's, it's been a very tough couple of years for him. And, and this does feel like a get right spot at, at home, 
But the Washington defense has been pretty strong. It, it really has. I mean, the numbers, I think, are better maybe than they're playing. They gave up 30 to the Rams last week with Chase Young in the lineup. And Chase Young will be back in the lineup again this week. I think the Giants' defense actually might be the story in this game, J.J. I mean, their defense, I think, is playing a little bit better than people think. They're, they're a top 20 DVOA unit, so they're in the top half of the league. They're 12th against the run. They're going to get a boost. They're going to get David Mayo back this week. I think their linebacking core has been playing really well. Joe Judge certainly is not showing the level of incompetence that we're seeing across town with Adam Gates. So I think they are going to get a win at some point. This He is going to get his first win soon. And this is a very interesting stretch for the Giants. They had the divisional game last week against Dallas. They have four more divisional games after this one before week 10. So it's like this divisional stretch for the Giants. They have a short week next week at Philly. This is, if they want any, you know, any semblance of hope that they can make this division interesting, it is still kind of wide open. They have to win this game. And I, I kind of do think they will win this game on Sunday. I don't know if they're going to blow out Washington because this series is always close, but I definitely t- I'll definitely back the Giants at home here. Well, Jared, when it comes to the Jets, you can't make these lines high enough. I mean, mm. let's be honest. You cannot make these lines high enough when it comes to Going against them, right? Like, I know there are contrarians that are going to play the Jets week after week because they're going to look at a team like Miami and they're going to say, well, how in the world are the Miami Dolphins an eight-and-a-half or a nine-point favorite? Jared, I think it's very simple. If you are playing this game, it is Dolphins or pass. Do you agree? 100%. I mean, and it's a historic line. I mean, J.J., this is, there's some history for this line. This is the first time Miami's been favored since 2018, which is, for, which is also crazy to think. Uh, it's the first time they've been favored by more than a touchdown since 2016. And they're coming off of a, of a really impressive performance against San Francisco. The Dolphins haven't won back-to-back games by double digits since 2015. So it, it feels like history is against Miami covering this number. 2015 is kind of an ironic year, too, J.J., because week five of 2015 was the last time the Jets covered a game in Miami. They just don't play well down there in Miami. They never have. Even when they've had teams that are relatively successful, there's something about playing down there in Miami that just doesn't sit well. Now, the Dolphins certainly have holes, but the things that the Dolphins do poorly, the Jets also do poorly. Now, the Jets do everything poorly, but really, really poorly. So the Dolphins are the third-worst red zone defense. Well, the Jets have the worst red zone offense. The Dolphins' fourth-worst yards per play against. Well, the Jets have the second-fewest yards per play. So even the Dolphins' inefficiencies, I don't think the Jets can take advantage of. And honestly, Miami's playing pretty good football right now. They're relatively healthy. They're coming off of a relatively easy game against San Francisco. Injuries continue to be an issue for the Jets. Becton, doubtful. Harriman Mims, we don't know what we're going to get from both of them. You're going to get Joe Flacco again this week. You should see a little more run from the Michael Pirine if you want to have something positive for the Jets. Maybe you see him get into the end zone and, and, and kind of spark his rookie season. But the Jets are being outscored by 70 points in the first half to the first five games. I mean, they are just getting blown out early, and there's no hope for this team. I cannot back the Jets in any stretch. This is a good teaser spot for Miami. There's a couple other favorites on the board I like. Got to take the Dolphins here. Our buddy Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. He joins us each and every football Friday right here on The Fan. Smitty, you got to help me here on this one. How in the world did the Tennessee Titans, undefeated, <laughs> only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Houston Texans? What am I missing here with this line? <laughs> this, is, this is one of those, you know, you really have to take a hard look at Houston here. 
And and I, I'll be honest, I, I I think it's it's crazy. It is one of those games where you you're right. You know, you're watching the two teams play. Now Houston's coming off of a win, but you watch these two teams play, and they couldn't be on opposite ends of the spectrum. But then they hang a line like this, and it starts to make you think. Now I do think Tennessee on the short week is going to have a little issue. You know, they play Tuesday, and now they have to play Sunday. That is a very unique situation. Now the adrenaline of that COVID rush, they came out playing as well as they possibly could after basically two weeks totally off they have a very veteran laden team with a veteran quarterback and and a good offensive line and a really strong head coach that can kind of run things the one fly in the ointment that i see for the texans this week is how they're going to stop derrick henry because they cannot stop the run and henry's had two weeks of subpar performances so you could see him really popping off in this game. He went off for 211 last year against the Texans. I expect him to have a big game, but I also expect Deshaun Watson to keep Houston in this game. The Titans' pass defense has been really poor. This feels like a really high-scoring divisional game that comes down to the last possession. So you want to take the over, that's fine. You want to tease it up, that's fine too. I wouldn't back Houston straight up on the spread because I do think this is going to be one of those back-and-forth games where a field goal probably decides it. But you're right, it's fishy line, and when the line's fishy like that, it makes you look towards the dog. Okay, Jared, let's get to a game, 425. A team that has kind of been a head-scratcher for me all year, but maybe I should just stop doubting them, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, Tampa, both teams with extra time to prepare. Two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of the best to ever do it, Rodgers, Brady. Now, I can tell you point blank, there's no way in the world I'm playing this game. Every instinct I have says to play Tampa Bay, on the flip side, I faded Green Bay like twice or maybe three times this year, and I'm 0-3 doing so. Not going to do it. Uh, you playing this game? Uh, I'm not. It's, I, the way you summed it up was, was, was very well described. Uh, I, I think this is a perfect layoff spot to get some information about both of these teams. Another interesting trend to keep in mind, you know, to keep in your back pocket when you look at some of these games, the bye week trends are very fascinating, J.J., Some teams going into and coming out of the bye week. We know about the Chiefs, obviously, with Andy Reid. But there's other teams like the Packers, 9-3-2 and ATS following a bye. So they play well coming off of – now, some teams don't. Some teams, you know, struggle a little bit after that bye week. The Packers are not one of those teams. The Bucs get the extra few days because they played the Bears on Thursday night. Listen, this game is going to be – this is the game of the week. I mean, I think this is really the marquee quarterback matchup of the week, and it better be because the NFL really gave us a tough 4 o'clock window with this one and then the Dolphins-Jets game. So this game better be good. Uh, 13 touchdowns, no picks for Rodgers this year. What can, what else can you say? If it wasn't for Russell Wilson, he'd be the MVP, you know, favorite. The Bucks defense is going to be tested for the first time, really tested. And this is a very good Bucks defense, a very underrated Bucks defense with our old friend Todd Bowles leading the way. They're very blitz happy. They're going to get after Rodgers this week. They stopped the run really well too. So you might see that kind of be the centerpiece for how Tampa Bay tries to defend Aaron Rodgers is you make sure that the play-action passing game is moot if you shut down Aaron Jones in this running game. This is a, you're right, it is a perfect layoff spot. I lean Tampa Bay getting points at home. I think Brady's, even though the debacle last week, he does, he has looked like he's figured things out a little more with this offense every week. The Bucks get some weapons back. The Packers get Devontae Adams back. It really is just a good spot to watch this game. And this could be an NFC Championship preview if, if Seattle falters. So I, I really think the two, two of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, it's just a good layoff spot. We've talked about this a lot, how the NFL has just kind of been tailor-made for teasers so far this year. Mm. Jared, you see a two- or three-team tease you like? 
This is the this is another great. I thought last week we had a good week for teasers. We threw the Rams in there. We got a little lucky with that one. Uh, Baltimore took care of business. I'm going to put Baltimore back in another teaser this week. I really like their spot against Philly. Uh, so you like them I, getting them down to like pick them or minus one. Yeah. You're cool with that with yeah, the minus, Rams. Yeah, okay. I think I saw Eagles. I think I saw Eagles plus seven and a half. So if you get that down, you do a six pointer. You throw the Dolphins in there. You throw the Ravens in there. You get the Dolphins at minus three, minus three and a half. You get the Ravens at minus one, minus one and a half. I think this is a really good spot for Baltimore, too, just to cover the spread. The, the, the Ravens' pass rush should really get after this Eagles O-line this week. And we all know that this Ravens defense just loves to blitz and get after the quarterback. Wentz got sacked five times last week against the Steelers. You do a couple of picks. They did score some points. So I, I can see there being points in this game. But the Ravens do a really good job of beating bad teams. Of their last 11 wins, 10 of them are by a touchdown or more. So this is a team, Baltimore, when they're favored and when they're up, they, they cover the number and, and they put teams away. And I think this is a game where defensively they're going to they're gonna certainly have an advantage over Philly's O-line this week. All right, Smitty, now it's time, my brother. Let's get to it. Best bets, week six, what do we got? So we mentioned that tease, Dolphins-Ravens. I really think that's a solid tease. You want to throw the Dolphins and the Patriots in a tease as well? I know a little uncertainty with the Pats this week, but I think they're going to play, and I think it's a really bad spot for Drew Locke. Bill Belichick gets two weeks to prepare for that Broncos team. But my best bet of the week, I am fading the Atlanta Falcons until they prove me wrong. The Vikings 10-1 and ATS before the bye. They're heading into the bye. Of course, the Falcons fired their coach last week. We, we talked about this last week with the Texans over the Jags. The, you know, Houston was able to win after firing their head coach. I think this is a different spot. The Texans hated Bill O'Brien. The Falcons really liked, they really liked Dan Quinn. And we've heard that the, the staff was very well liked there. I think this is a very different situation than the Texans last week. Mike Zimmer also is an unbelievable coach at home. 19-4, and 19-4-1 ATS as a home favorite. So he takes care of business at home when his team is supposed to win. The Vikings should definitely win this week. The Dalvin Cook injury does not matter to me with Madison coming in. He's been great. I love the Vikings. You're only laying about four points this week. That's a very reasonable number. And you're facing a Falcons team that has really struggled. Give me the Vikings against the Falcons this week at home. I see where you're going there. Any hesitation, though, with the coaching change? I know last week that was one of my major themes, Smitty. And I know against the number – it hasn't mattered much, but did that maybe give you a little sense of hesitation? It did, but I, I think, and, and that goes back to my point earlier when, yeah, the trends are the trends, but you really have to look at each individual matchup differently. And this matchup, Atlanta loved Dan Quinn. Like, they loved him. So there's going to be, I think, more of a natural letdown because they're really upset that Quinn is gone, whereas last week the Texans, really, I mean, the, all the news out of Houston was like the Texans were thrilled that Bill O'Brien was finally gone. So I think the spot is a lot different, too. And Atlanta also going on the road and having to deal with this whereas Houston last week was at home, I think is also a different element. So, yes, it definitely was a factor in my capping, but at the end of the day, I think it's more about what the Vikings do well than what Atlanta does without their coach. The great Jared Smith. Check him out morning after on SportsGrid. And, Jared, you guys are on MSG as well. Where can I find that? Yes, MSG Plus, 9.30 to 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Ariel Epstein and myself, we love uh, doing a lot of New York sports. We had you on earlier this week, and, and it's been a blast being on MSG because now the New York audience can get a glimpse of what we do. And we're just going to keep grinding, man. It's a long season, week six. It goes by fast. Jad Yankin, keep up the good work. We will chat next week. Continued success. Let's get it this Sunday, all right? Thank you, JJ. Be well, guys. The great Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. He's all over the Minnesota Vikings laying the points. Interesting. I'm not going anywhere near that game. Vikings are the better team. 
I'm just always fearful anytime there's a coaching change. Very, very fearful. We're back with more of your calls. Get aboard. 877-337-6666. The Unlocks of the Week still to come. Jason Katz with Fantasy still to come. And a lot more of your calls right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.